0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. It's not about problems in the church or problems in people's lives that they need to address. It's about being aware of the enemy's tactics. In the position that we find ourselves in as a body, we need to be very aware of his tactics and be very aware of the things that he would try to do in our midst and keep it from happening. And so that's why we were talking about the love walk last week and just kind of to, to run through a couple of things real quick. You know, the Bible uh, clearly tells us, John 13:34, 34, 2 John 5, that we are to love one another. Jesus himself said, this one command I give you, that you love one another. And in that one commandment, all the other commandments of of the Old Testament are completely fulfilled. It doesn't matter what all those things were. If we just learn to love one another, then all of that is fulfilled. And uh, we talked about the fact that uh, it's the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart on both fronts. We have to make sure that we're walking in love toward other people. We do it when we when we have brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're commanded to do it, you know, to people who aren't a brother and sister in the Lord. And that's how they're going to know that you are a believer. It's because you love them in spite of everything. You, you still show them an example of what God's love is all about. What a blessing that is. Um... Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and that our tongue is usually what gets us in trouble when it comes to the love walk. And so we have to remember that that little thing can be tamed. We can do something about it. We talked about the fact that walking in love is profitable, that there's so many benefits to walking in love, like responding in love will help keep your heart clear to hear. Responding in love will bear fruit in your life. You know, we talked about the fact that it it will help you with with your health. It will help you with long life. We talked about the fact that responding in love will cause you to reap love when you need it. About the fact that it makes you a candidate to be used by God when you're walking in love. And that responding in love will keep your faith working like it should. Is that all the benefits? No, but those are just the ones we went over. So, you know, just moving on from that, I remember I did make the statement last week that Dad Hagen said this, every step out of love is a step into sin. If you're not going to walk in love, then you're likely just to, just to do something else too. You're walking on the devil's territory basically is what you've done. You've stepped out of a place of of godliness and into a place of unrighteousness when you decide not to walk in love. Because really, you know, tonight we're going to focus a little bit more on forgiveness. And forgiveness is totally a choice. Totally. Whether or not we forgive somebody is strictly our decision. Something we've already decided. You know, I know there's many times, you know, when when we think somebody has done us wrong and and, and we want to go tell somebody about it, and, and, we, and we just want everybody to know, you know, what somebody's done to us. And really what we're looking for is, we, is we're looking for somebody to say, well, you know, that walking in love stuff, just, it, you know, it doesn't apply in this situation. We want somebody to back us up. That's why we're telling somebody. We want somebody to say, oh, you know, that is, mm, no. I I totally agree. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't walk. No, I wouldn't have anything to do with him either. You know, we just want somebody to do that for us and say, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. You know, we want to know that we've been somehow wronged undeservedly. But you know what? Jesus was wronged greatly. Did he deserve it? Not a bit. And yet, on the cross, if you look over at Luke. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know what? So many times we have to look at people and we have to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I, I, I look back at that today, and I was looking for a different translation. Maybe that would give me a different light on that particular phrase. And I didn't find one, but, because what I, what I began to, to think about with that came to my mind was that, you know, so many times we, we, look, we look at that passage of Scripture and in the setting that it's at, Jesus is on the cross and and people are mocking him and people are calling for his death and the soldiers have been brutal to him and, and you know, we think it was just those people that are present. He's looking around that he sees, that he's saying, Father, forgive them for they know I what, what they do. I honestly have a reason to think that... Jesus was saying that about everybody who had ever wronged him. All the way, you know, this crowd that's that's screaming for his blood, the soldiers who are casting lots for his clothes, the men who have nailed his hands and his feet to the cross, the same people who put that crown of thorns on him, the soldiers who put those stripes on his back till the flesh was just hanging off, even Judas who betrayed him. Peter who denied him. The ones who left him and and, and and panicked and ran and hid because they didn't want to be associated with him. All this, every one of those I believe Jesus had in mind when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Sometimes we need to stop and think. Did somebody do that deliberately to me? So many times people do things that that offend us, and you know that's a good place to start when it comes to forgiveness, is just admit that there's a reason that you need to extend some forgiveness. I've heard people say, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not upset with, I just, I, I'm just hurt. Hello it's the same thing. Anytime you have an issue with anybody on any level, in any measure, you need to operate in some forgiveness. You cannot hold on to the unforgiveness. Uh, A family member was famous for saying, well, I have to forgive them, but I will never forget what they did to me. Uh, I think that's not forgiving. Because if we're going to forgive somebody, we're going to have to forget it. Didn't God do the same thing for us? He took all of our offenses and he threw them into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to remember them again. Never to bring them up again. And if we're going to walk in love, the kind of love that God has shed abroad in our hearts, we're going to have to get to that place where we are ready to forgive and to forget. You say, well, I just, I I mean, I can't forget that. Well, you know, maybe it's not a literal forget, like I don't remember that anymore. But, you know, you can get to the place where it's forgotten to the point that it doesn't bring up any hurt it doesn't cause any resentment. It doesn't cause any animosity on the inside of you. It doesn't cause any stress. It doesn't cause any any anxiety of any kind when you think about that person and that situation. You can just let it go. I know of a, of a situation I'm thinking of that happened over you know 30 years ago, and it and it was a it was a it took a long time for me to get past it, and. Uh, you know, we, the two of us, we would talk about it, and we would rehash it over and over again. We'd think we'd have a handle on it, and something would happen, and we'd, and we'd start going over it again until one day we just said, you know what? We're not going to speak about this anymore, and we didn't. We had grand opportunities when another pastor came along, and, and he began to pour his heart out about some issues that he was facing. We, it was, I was like, I could tell you a better one than that. You know, but you know, you make a commitment that I'm I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to talk about it until one day you find yourself being able to talk about a situation and it's just a recount of something historical. That's all it is. There's nothing left of any hurt, nothing left of any pain, nothing left. It's just history. That's all it is. And we're going to have to get to that place. We're going to have to be willing to forgive quickly. Not hang on to it for a while. I'll think about it. But the quicker we learn to forgive, the quicker we're going to get back on the territory God wants us to be on and into a place that he can use us. You know, it's our responsibility to be in a place where God can use us. And so when we walk out of forgiveness towards somebody... And we want to stay in that land of unforgiveness. We're on territory where God can't use us. And so we don't want that to happen. Um, God's just not pleased when we're in strife with one another. Uh, A a friend of ours who's a pastor out in Kansas, uh, many years ago she told me about this. And they had like eight kids. And uh, I think the majority of them were girls. And there was five girls in the family. And one day she was in one part of the house and a couple of her daughters were another part of the house, and this one daughter was giving the other one a really hard time. I mean, she was, I mean, giving her what for. If you've ever had two girls in the house, I suspect you might have figured out what girls can be like with one another. Uh, my house, I had a sister, and, oh, my, it was not pretty sometimes. But anyway, the mom heard, heard this going on between her two daughters. Now, the one who was giving... The other do- other sister a hard time. Later she came in, in the kitchen where her mom was and goes, "Oh mom, I just love you so much." And her mom looked at her and she said, "I'm not impressed. I heard the way you treated your sister." You know, I think God would say the same thing to us when we're in a place of unforgiveness with somebody, in a place of strife with somebody, and we come to Him and say, "Oh Father, I love you. I love you." I think He would probably look at and say, "I'm not impressed." Those people, that person, whoever it is you're mad at, is valuable to me. Let's think of Psalm 139 that says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That applies to each and every person who's alive. And so you can't look at somebody else and say, well, they they deserve, you know, for me to be mad at them. No, God fearfully and wonderfully made that person, just like he fearfully and wonderfully made you. He forgave them of the same kind of stuff that he forgave you. And you owe it to God, if nothing else, you owe it to God to forgive that person. Amen. You know, sometimes we just think that it's just, it's just, a per- it's just between me and that person. No, it's not. It's not between just you and them. It's between you, them, and God. Now, he's standing over there going, what you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? If we got a concept of the fact that God really is standing there going, what are you going to do about it? Would we be a little quicker to answer him? Sometimes we put cotton in our ears spiritually and go, I don't want to hear that. Don't want to hear it. No, 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 no. But he's still saying the same thing. What are you going to do about it? Well, I think the best thing we can do about it is deal with it. Amen. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says, when you stand praying, forgive. You know, your prayer life, your, your, your faith life gets hindered when you don't forgive. It, it causes a blockage, you know, so that the answers that you need can't get through to you on the level that God wants them to get through to you. You won't be able to walk in the fullness of his plan for you when you have forgiveness in there. Matthew 5, 23 says to go ask for forgiveness from one who has something against you. You ever been in a situation where, where you, you, you get the sense or maybe you know, maybe because somebody came and told you, or maybe you just, just know by the Spirit, that somebody's got a problem with you and you think, I don't understand that. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done anything to them. Well, you know what? We still have an obligation at that point, if we know somebody's got a problem with us, to go to them and find out what's wrong. What's wrong? What, have, have, have I hurt you? Have I offended you? Have I said something I maybe shouldn't have said? I, I don't know. I just have this, I have this sense that, you know, you've got a problem with me. You know, you know what? A lot of things get ironed out a whole lot faster. If we would just delve into those kind of things, why don't we? Well, from my perspective, a lot of times I think somebody's got a problem with me. I, I figure, oh, well, if I go ask them, then, you know, it just kind of stirs up a hornet's nest here. You know, if I, if I, don't, if I don't know about it, if I don't know, if I don't ask, you know, then, you know, I, you know, we just kind of let it go, let it ride. Well, you know, we shouldn't just let it ride. You know, if we're sure that there's a problem there, then go find out what the problem is just go ask them. That doesn't mean it's confrontational. It doesn't have to be confrontational. It means just going to them and saying, you know what, you're precious to me and, and I feel like there's something that's, that's hindering our, our relationship. Is there a problem? Have I done something? You know, it's for your benefit and for theirs. Sometimes it's we there's been so many times where I've, I've heard of, of different situations that, that people are, are having, and, and I realized, and, and later hopefully they do too, that it was all misconstrued to start with. You know, somebody looked at me wrong. Listen, I've seen that happen over the years, you know, just growing up. Somebody looked at you. Well, they looked at me like this, and I'm going, well, well, that didn't necessarily mean anything. Their mind could have been a thousand miles away, something else they were thinking of, you know. Like, I have got to go tackle that dirty oven when I get home, you know. I mean, they, you don't know where their mind was when they looked your way, you know. I Sometimes I have blinders on, you know, I am so focused on where I've got to go and what I've got to do and who I've got to see that I just don't even see somebody who's, who's who's right here. You know, don't take that as a slight, you know. I mean, it's just you don't know the circumstances. You don't know the situation. And instead of just thinking, well, they've got a problem with me. What happens when you do that? When you think somebody's got a problem with you, then you start avoiding them most of the time. Well, I, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to be around them, you know, just in case. I mean, I don't want to stir anything, so I just, I just, I just won't, I just won't, I just won't, you know, I just say, hey, and keep going. You know, and then what does that do? Now it makes that person think you have a problem with them when they never had a problem with you to start with. You know, so the best thing to do is just go, let's talk about this, and let's just get it out in the open and get it resolved. Sometimes things are very minor and they can just be resolved instantly. Maybe something so said that was misunderstood. You know, most things are misunderstood. And then there are certain times where if you're married, you know this is true. I'm, in a, I'm not in, a, in the best mood possible. I've got things on my mind. And suddenly a spouse comes to me and says something that is just the match that lit the fire really doesn't have anything to do with the person who came to me. It has to do with all these other things. (laughs) Isn't that true? Sometimes we just get to the place where where we're already dealing with something, the pressure, the stress of the situation, and somebody comes along and says something that just runs cross-grain to how we're feeling at that moment, and we just let them have it. And it really didn't have anything to do with it at all. I'm taking full responsibility here tonight, babe. <laughs> I tried to warn him over the years. This is not a good day for this. Not a good time. And this is probably we probably want to reserve this conversation for later. <laughs> you know, if I get my flesh under control, I wouldn't have to say that, but I did warn him. <laughs> <laughs> It's the truth. You know, we don't always understand the situation. When somebody, you know, just maybe we're innocent, you know, somebody comes at us, you know, with a lot of negativity and a lot of animosity, a lot of sometimes even hostility, we really don't know the circumstances. You know, there was a lady that came here for a number of years, and, and she was a sweet lady most of the time, but sometimes she could be so hard to get along with. Very antsy, very, I mean, just, just really sharp with people. And, um, and I always wonder, what is your problem? It's like you can't say a kind word at times. I, I just don't get it. And then she had some surgery, and I went to her home to see her. And when I got to where she lived, I looked around, and I just said, Lord, forgive me for ever thinking ill of her. Because the family, because her husband was not born again, did not come to church with her. But you know, that doesn't always mean that the spouse is a a bad person or there's anything bad going on. But I walked into that home, and you could barely call it a home. And I looked around and went, dear God, forgive me. I had no idea that this was the kind of situation she had to live in day in and day out. And so when she came to church, I I suppose that she was just, it was just the one place that she could express something and sometimes it came out with a little bit of hostility but because she could not open her mouth at home it was an abusive situation you know we don't always know maybe it's not that extreme but you know we don't always know that, that the pressures that somebody's dealing with we don't know the the circumstances that, that surround their life right then and we don't know that that really it's, it's not about us sometimes we need to just stop and think you know, just remember, you know, I ain't that, I, I'm i not all that. It's not all about me. You know, it may, it may not have anything to do with me at all. You know, it may have something to do You know, that's the time if somebody comes at you with some hostility, that's the time to just stop and look at them and go, are you okay? What can I do for you? What's going on? Sometimes that will diffuse a situation. Isn't it Proverbs that says a soft answer turns away wrath? I wrote that down somewhere. Let me see if I can find it real quick. May have been on a different sheet. But you know what? It's it's always good not to answer somebody in the same state of mind. If they're having some problems... Watch yourself. Don't give an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth in any situation. Just stop. Guard your heart. Guard your mouth. And immediately just go, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do to diffuse this situation? What can I say to ease the pain that obviously somebody's in? What can can I do to help them? Because it's not about you. It's about them right then. You know, sometimes we have to we have to forgive by faith. I think I said that last week. Sometimes it just it's just it's maybe a hurt that runs so deep that you don't think it's possible, but yet it is. And yes, there are times when we just have to say, Father, give me the grace, give me the ability to walk in love and to forgive this person. You know, really unforgiveness is is something that, that really torments us more than anything anybody, anybody else. And it's it's like a I wrote down here, it's like an umbilical cord or a tether or a line on a boat that keeps you bound to that hurt or that offense. I don't want to be bound to that offense. I want to let it go, get rid of it. You know, and the thing about it is when you ask forgiveness for somebody else, even if they don't forgive you, you know, it, at least when you forgive them, it gives God an opportunity to work in their lives. There is a verse that says in 2 Corinthians 2.10, it says, To whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. The New English Bible of that says, Anyone who has your forgiveness has mine too. And if they have it, then God's able to work in their lives. Does that mean, you know, that they will one day come and tell you that they're sorry? It may not mean that they ever tell you they're sorry. But you know what? Our forgiveness isn't predicated on whether somebody asks us for forgiveness or not. It's just predicated on the fact that God said, love them. Just love them. Walk in love to them. And see, I think the enemy is going to do something in the next, you know, you probably, maybe tomorrow, go find yourself in a place where you've got to act on Your decision to love somebody, to walk in forgiveness towards somebody. Um, But you know, Matthew 5 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. I want to keep walking in mercy. So I want to extend some mercy. I want to extend grace. I want to extend love. I want to extend forgiveness. Because there's going to be a point in my life where I'm going to need that coming back to me. I said that last week. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that you can sow and that you can also reap. You know what? And you reap an abundant reward when we walk in that kind of a place. Uh, you may not always see it, but I tell you what, getting into a place where you're not walking in unforgiveness will cause you to be in a place of protection from the things the enemy would try to bring your way. I, you know, I go back to my story of, of totaling my car. I was put out that day just in a just in a foul mood for some for some reason and i i was just antsy about everything and and when that little that little witness in my heart said don't go to town today just do it tomorrow i didn't listen and because i didn't listen i wrecked the car if i had been home it would have saved me a whole lot of aggravation but you know what you've got to learn to listen to those little things. Those little things. As soon as somebody rubs you the wrong way, nope, 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 nope. Uh, no, I'm not going to take that. I, I'm, I'm not going to let that affect me one bit. I'm just not. That's a choice. It's a choice. You know, there's a, a place over in uh, James that talks about... Confess your faults one to another. You know, and that doesn't mean get up and say, okay, now I've been bad this week and I lied to so-and-so, you know, and I, and I did this. No, I believe that really applies more to confess your problem that you're having with one another. Let's walk in love. If you've got a problem with somebody, let's get it, get it out in the open. Let's get it over with. Let's get it taken care of so that way our prayers aren't going to be hindered. We don't need to find ourselves in a place personally or as a body in the days ahead where we're going to be hindered by anything. Amen? Hallelujah. So what do you do? You know, if you're, if you're going to walk that forgiveness road, then what do you do? Luke talks about, well, just go over there. You need to see this. You need to just keep yourself reminded of this. So somebody's been, been really not nice to you. So what do you do for them? Anytime you have a problem with somebody, you basically have made an enemy out of them. And... um it says here in verse 27 of Luke 6, But I say to, the, to, the, to, you, to you which hear, love your enemies, good, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you." What does it say? Love them by forgiving them. Do good to them. Well, what can you do? Somebody's been, been hard to get along with, just ask the Lord, what can I do for them? I think Leah is the one who was talking about a lady that she worked with that, was, that just, just couldn't, I mean, could not make a connection with this woman. They just, she just didn't like her. She was distant. She wasn't, didn't want to be around Leah. And so one day the Lord just gave her a plan just to, I think it was to take her to lunch or to, to get her something. You know what? Those things make a real difference. Do something good. Somebody has a problem with you or you have a problem with them, you get over it and then you do something good for them. And then bless them. What does bless them mean? It means to speak well. Speak well. Somebody has done something wrong and somebody else comes along and asks you about that person. What do you think about this person? Stop before you answer. And consider what you're about to say. And say, you know what? They're a wonderful person. It's amazing what that will do for them and for you. The more you say something good about somebody, the more able you are to let go of anything that you might have between you and them. And lastly, to pray for them. You know, again, you don't know what the situation is. You don't know what their life is like. You don't know the, the mounting pressure that they might be under. You don't know how the enemy might be tormenting them, you know, in their mind about a particular thing. You don't know what caused them to act the way they might have done to you. And so the best thing you can do is pray for them. But you know what? We're wise to the enemy's tactics. And we're not going to let him get the upper hand. You know, if there's one way to stop revival in any church it's it's for people to get out of love with one another and let's see let me find this verse here real quick i think it's hebrews chapter 12 in the message bible well let's see i think i marked it in two places um actually I, li- I like the message bible the way this says this and I, I realize it's just you know it's just a paraphrase it's just a it's not an actual translation but listen to this Hebrews 1215 and let's read it in the regular King James first I'm sorry I closed my Bible Hebrews 12:15. Verse 14, let's start there. It says, "Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord." I believe that the uh, amplified, or the 26 translation, there's a couple of places here that says, it says, "Ever strive for peace." That's the Weymouth translation. Another one in the 20th century says, "Try earnestly to live at peace with everyone." Phil- Phillips translation says, "Let it be your ambition to live at peace." And the Williams translation says, continue to live in peace with everybody. Why? Because in verse 15 it says, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby thereby many be defiled. The Message Bible, and I think I read this last week, it bears repeating, says, keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitterness, of bitter discontent that is. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short term appetite. Sometimes we sacrifice God's lifelong gift just because it feels good at the moment to be angry with somebody or to be offended at somebody, to withhold our fellowship from somebody but you know what is it worth it is it worth sacrificing that gift that he gave us for that little short time satisfaction no it's not it's not and so we're going we're going to be a church that walks in love and we're going to be diligent to keep our eyes open for every time the enemy tries and listen it's not just about you as an individual but really, it comes, it comes around as being affected of the whole body. And so, you know, we have obligations not only to ourselves, to the person that might be involved, to our other brothers and sisters, to God, and to our local body, just to make sure that we're always walking in love and staying in a place of forgiveness when somebody has done something to us perceived or imagined. You know, sometimes we do imagine things that never really were valid. And so find out if it is or not and then deal with it regardless. And I just know that God's got something really great going on for us. You know, it always bears, bears just forewarning people as, as to what the enemy's tactics are so that we're not caught. And we're not going to be caught. We're not going to be. We're, I tell you what, hmmm. This year is such a year of stepping up and stepping into greater things than we've ever seen or ever known. And we're, and we're not going to let the enemy take one thing away from us that God intends for us to have. Because we're going to choose to walk in love. We're going to choose to forgive. We're going to choose to be faithful to the things that he's called us to. And we're going to see... Everything that God intends for us to see and partake of everything He intends for us to have and to go all the places He wants us to go and to bless as many people as we can get our hands on. Amen. Hallelujah.